into A to Z Sports Primetime on a Tuesday night. I'm your host, Buck Rising. If you're new to the show, and I'm proud as always to be presented to you by our friends at Two Rivers Ford. Two Rivers Ford has all manner of quality American-made Ford vehicles. The Ford Bronco, the new Explorer, the F-150 Lightning, so many cool vehicles available at reasonable prices. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com. Superbook Sports, where you go to bet on every major sport and every line for every NFL game for the rest of the season. Superbook Sports app is where you go to make your first bet and they'll match it up to a thousand dollars whether it wins or loses gary ashton and the ashton real estate group of remax advantage the official real estate agent of a to z sports prime time of the radio show that we do of the nashville predators is gary ashton get the intel edge to succeed at GaryAshton.com. so roster cuts went down today five players were uh, released and a trade was made in order to kind of bolster some depth. Now, in going through all the different transactions that took place, in fact, I have a full list of them for you here. We'll go through them at length. You saw a couple of different things that I think are noteworthy, which I, and I'd be curious to see how you guys kind of processed the transactions that came through for Tennessee today. There was a lot of roster cuts. Every team needed to get down to 85 at 3 o'clock Central Time this afternoon. So with that being said, um, there's a lot of questions that I think manifest about what this means for the roster specifically. Which position do they feel good about the depth? Which are they clearly still exploring? What do the Titans' moves today tell you about the roster? Let me know in the comment section on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, or Twitch, wherever you're watching us. Let me know how you feel about the situation. What do the Titans' moves, and I'll go through them with you here in just a second, all of them at length, tell you about the current roster construction? We'll talk about it together um, in just a second, but first let's go through the details on this. So, they claimed Lonnie Johnson Jr., the former round uh former second round pick of the Houston Texans in 2019. He was released by the Chiefs. They waived Elijah Bolton, Benton to grab him. So there's one defensive back who has played uh who's played a variety of different spots but primarily is a safety. So you look at what else the Titans did regarding their roster. They cut five players before Uh, acquiring Lonnie Johnson Jr. off waivers. Wide receiver Josh Malone, who, of course, is from Nashville and played at the University of Tennessee, he's out. Jordan Wilkins, the running back Deontay Burton, DB, uh, defensive lineman Haskell Garrett, and offensive lineman Carson Green. So the next cut that's coming will be from 85 to 80, and that will be next Tuesday, so we'll be having a similar discussion Then And then there's the trade that was reported, I believe, first by Aaron Wilson of Pro Football Network um, detailing the situation for a trade between the Tennessee Titans and the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, uh, as I look for this, okay, so the Las Vegas Raiders trading Tyree Gillespie, another safety, to the Tennessee Titans per league source. Now, the team has not made that transaction official, but it has been confirmed by several Credible uh, reporters 
And I think that uh, I think that there's there are some takeaways to be had there. So when you look at all that and you see the different shuffling parts, particularly at DB, what's it tell you about the roster? Uh, Dago says, and Munyer got released. Munyer did not get released. Munyer got put on IR. Um, he he suffered an injury a week ago, two weeks ago in training camp, and he's been on injured reserve since then. They didn't cut him. Um, but looking at what these transactions mean, what does it tell you about the Titans roster? Good, bad, or otherwise? Let me know. It's your Two Rivers Ford take. It's always presented by our friends at Two Rivers Ford. Two Rivers Ford is the place that you go. It's where Middle Tennesseans have been going since 1983. That's because Two Rivers Ford, their sales staff does not work on commission, which means they're making a paycheck whether they sell you a car or not, which removes the pressure from the car buying experience. Two Rivers Ford is always going to make that process simple for you. Whether you want to shop uh, by building your own Ford the way that I did, whether you want to browse any of their new or pre-owned inventory that is available on the lot in Mount Juliet, Two Rivers Ford will work with you to figure out what's best for your family's budget and needs. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at Two Rivers Ford. Dot com. So, what's today's transactions tell you about the roster? Again, five player players cut, a trade, uh, a trade acquisition, and a swap uh, for for uh, of one DB for another who's got a little bit of a better pedigree, if not professional career, to this point. So again, Josh Malone, wide receiver, running back Jordan Wilkins, defensive back Deontay Burton, defensive lineman Haskell Garrett. Offensive lineman Carson Green. They traded for Tyree Gillespie, and they also added on waivers Lonnie Johnson Jr. So, uh, with all this being said, what's this tell you about the roster? I think that first and foremost, um, Stephen King says defense isn't going to be much to rely on this year. I don't know that that's that's my takeaway, but I think certainly that there are some uh, there are some general depth concerns. Um, I, uh, MK Ultra still alive. That's right. Mason Kinsey lives to die another day. Congratulations to him. Jackson and Hooker are hurt. So Gillespie is a good pickup. I don't know if it's Gillespie or Gillespie. I assume it's Gillespie. Either way, Amani Hooker and Chris Jackson have both missed time. Hooker's been back at practice. Molden has been back at practice, but like him and Roger McCreary, they've missed time. By the way, Roger uh, McCreary is on the radio show tomorrow. I'm um, looking forward to chopping it up with Roger. Uh, to have a little bit, I've talked to Roger a couple of different times, but to have an extended conversation with, I'm looking forward to, because um, I think he's very much in, he's going to play this year one way or the other. It's just a matter of where they end up using him. Um, Stephen King is, says, is Hooker doing that bad? No, Hooker's great. Um, he's just, I think, a little banged up. Lonnie Johnson move is interesting. So yeah, I mean, the defensive back, yeah, safety. Safety is the big takeaway. They don't like their safety depth. They keep they keep churning it. I don't think that I think that's bad news for somebody like Theo Jackson. I think that there's thin numbers in the secondary already based on where some of the injuries are happening. I think that um I think that their general concern beyond Byard and Hooker is yeah, we don't have a guy who's really filling into the role that would give us the most defensive versatility in three safety looks and also um and also to play special teams and to provide added value elsewhere. I think that for I think that for the circumstance for the Titans, it's definitely an indictment of their current safety depth on the roster that they continue to churn it because it's not just uh, this is not the first move that they made. Remember, they brought in Adrian Colbert last week uh, to replace Michael Griffin the second. No relation to Michael Griffin, 
the previous Titan, Michael Griffin. They waived the second Michael Griffin injured. They brought in Adrian Colbert. He played right away in the preseason game. So they're trying to get as many looks as humanly possible. Um, but yeah, I would say that safety depth, the, the, what the coaching staff is telling you is that safety depth is a legitimate concern. Um, Lonnie Johnson Jr. is a solid pickup. I mean, I don't, I just think it's a name that people recognize. If he was solid, he wouldn't, have, he wouldn't be on his third team in four years. Um, respectfully, he may end up finding a role here. This may be a good fit. Geography has a lot to do with player successes or failures, but you know, I don't know if it's a solid pickup other than why not? Because he's available. Josh wants to know if Nashville media is not allowed to interview Tampa players. No, we can talk to we can talk to Bucks players. I'm gonna I'm full I'm fully gonna expect to talk to Julio Jones tomorrow. Um he's expected to practice. He's gonna be out there. So there's nothing nobody's stopping us from talking to Julio or Ryan Suckup or Blaine Gabbard or any number of tight former Titans that are on the Buccaneers roster. Um so yeah, there's I mean, in COVID protocols, it would have been super much more restrictive because a lot of teams were still doing Zoom and things like that. But uh, there's no there's no COVID protocols right now in the NFL. Um, so we can we can interview who we like. Um, okay. Right. Bryn McNeil says, I thought they said Julio was not coming. No, Julio is coming, uh, according to reports. Russell Gage, basically everybody else is not. Tom Brady, Mike Evans, Russell Gage, not coming um, to the joint training camp practices. We have uh, Terry, or uh, not Terry Godwin. He plays for the Titans. Chris Godwin, who is just now doing seven on seven today for the first time since tearing his ACL. So I don't expect him to get a whole lot of work. Um, you know, I think Julio's Julio's about what they got at this point, uh, which is again ironic given his limited availability throughout the course of his Titans tenure. Let's talk about who the most pressure is on this week, heading into preseason game number two, first roster cut. In the books, moving on to next Tuesday and then the following when we get down to 53. But the question is, who is the pressure on most? Which player? Heading into preseason week number two with practices starting against the Bucks tomorrow. Let me know who you think is kind of under the microscope. And we'll talk about it together right after I tell you about the fine folks at Superbook Sports. Superbook Sports, the newest sports book app to go live in the state of Tennessee. Superbook Sports has so many fantastic offers for you. Whether it's odd boosts on local teams, you can bet the Titans to win the AFC South plus 250. You can get the Vols to win eight or more games at plus 100. You can get lines on every NFL game for the rest of the season right now, as well as betting MVP, who you like in the SEC, who's going to win the title, so many different things. And when you download the Superbook Sports app, is either either on your iPhone or Android, they will match your first bet up to $1,000, whether it wins or loses. Superbooksports.com is where you go. Superbook.com is where you go for terms and conditions. If you have a gambling problem, call the Tennessee Red Line, 1-800-889-9789. So, who is under scrutiny? Who is under significant pressure heading into preseason game number two? Uh, Mr. Fresh Prince, 231, says Caleb Farley. Uh, I mean, you know, I think just just pressure to consistently perform. I don't think it's anything crazy. Excuse me while I take a drink. I think that uh, I think that Farley got some good snaps in. I think, you know, in a, in a smaller sample size, I was okay with what I saw. And as he continues to progress, he had a nice day of practice on Monday when we were last out there. 
we'll see how he uh, how he comes along. I feel good about Caleb Farley right now. I don't think he's under heavy scrutiny. David Carvajal says Logan Woodside uh, agreed. Mark Packman King says Des Fitzpatrick. Now there's a couple of different reasons why Des is under scrutiny. One because roster cuts have already come down. Josh Malone was the player who got cut instead of Des Fitzpatrick. How nerve-wracking is that to be out there and and not knowing what's you know what your next opportunity is? It's very uh it's nerve-wracking, it's uh, frustrating, but um, it's all about perspective. It's all about just continuing to do what you do to prepare yourself for the next opportunity, but be ready for for whenever that opportunity comes. So that was Josh Malone uh, before he got caught talking about frustrations of not, you know, not latching on consistently on an NFL roster. And there was nothing Josh Malone did to actively get cut. I just think it's a numbers game. And the other two guys who he's competing for a spot with, Racy and Dez, are John Robinson draft picks. So they're going to get the benefit of the doubt. But Dez, I think, is certainly on thinner ice than most. He's already behind the learning curve from his rookie year. He is doing things much better. He seems to be much more actively engaged uh, on a on a day in day out basis, and he's making he's making the effort to consistently improve. It's just a matter of okay, is he is he actually improving or not just yet? And I talked to him a little bit after practice on Saturday, I believe. Good to get back out there after uh, after the preseason game, kind of get the reps back in. Look pretty crisp out there today. I appreciate it. Yeah, definitely just, you know, bouncing back from, you know, a loss. Obviously, every time you want to step on the field, you want to compete to win. But, you know, just going in there early today, getting the corrections, seeing what we've done wrong, seeing how we avoid it, and how do we come quiet back now here today on practice. Ryan seems really quick, and, and all the quarterbacks seem pretty quick to kind of like make those corrections in real time. Saw you guys kind of going back and forth a little bit on some stuff and really kind of capitalize on that in two minutes specifically. 1,000%. I mean, one thing about it, if the quarterback doesn't like it, he's going to make us redo it. So that's a good thing for sure. Just being able, all 11 players on the field, see the same vision of each place, understand the concept that we're trying to run, and it doesn't go right the first time, we got to regroup back and do it again. You know, you're kind of in second, third layer of offense and stuff like that as far as installation is For concerned. Sure. Is it is it kind of getting has, – has that been a smooth process or is it kind of, you know, maybe slowing some things down, taking the time to kind of see those corrections in real time and make, make yeah, the adjustments? Yeah, it's definitely a smooth process for me being, you know, second year in the offense, knowing what the plays are, but now it's just me dialing in on the detail of each play, knowing the exact route depth, knowing exactly how do I run this route – Defending on the defense, depending on the defense, and where does Ryan want me to be at? So that's definitely what I'm trying to get over on the next level. So that was my conversation with Des Fitzpatrick on Saturday, and kind of that he had had a good day at practice. Um, the next day definitely was not an offensive day for the defense. They were very active. I think the offense found some spurts in the two minute, but. Uh, on the whole, that was probably the clunkiest day we'd seen from the offense on Monday. Um, looking at the uh, looking at the situation for Des Fitzpatrick, I do think he's under a fair amount of pressure. I think that Racing McMath is not like an outright roster lock, but I would take him over Des right now. I think that when you look at the numbers that the wide receivers are probably going to carry, I don't know that you would look for more than six. I think six max is what ends up on the final 53, provided that injury doesn't change that substantially. 
between Robert Woods, Traylon Burks, Kyle Phillips, uh, who am I missing, NWI, and Racy. I would say Dez is probably outside looking in, but like if you told me that you just had to roll with those five and leave Dez, I would just, I would probably say, yeah, you know, Dez is just respectfully to Dez. He's just kind of meh for me. Like there's nothing there that excites me about the prospect of Dez Fitzpatrick heading into year two. Racy is different. Racy has clearly made strides and Racy has athletic gifts that not a lot of people do. So I think that the upside for Racy at this point, given his, he is clearly and obviously progressed in ways that you haven't quite seen from Des as tangibly. I think that Racy is is a much more certain roster spot than Des Fitzpatrick does right now. But we'll see if they end up keeping six. If they end up keeping six, I think Des makes sense. If not, um, that's probably the way that it goes. Cat Van Diver says Kinsey. You know, I. I don't know how they view. So, like, here's the way that the competition breaks down. If we're, if we're, let's let's legitimately take a look at this, because I know some of you guys like to like to talk about Kinsey or or you know Makai Sargent, like fringe roster guys who you know are not going to impact an NFL game. But um, I think that just to kind of put it in context for you, Kinsey, Phillips, Terry Godwin, and Brandon Lewis, but he got cut yesterday, I think, yesterday or the day before. Those guys are competing for inside wide receiver spots, slot wide receiver spots, right? They're not somebody who's going to line up on the outside like these bigger wide receivers for the Titans do. So in that competition, Phillips is going to make the roster. You're left then with Kinsey and and Godwin. So it's about, okay, really, what's the coaching staff's preference? What's the front office's preference? Who shows greater effort? Who's willing to do more on scout team and special teams? Um, and I know for a fact, cause I've talked to a lot of people about this uh, uh, across a variety of different variety, of different players, like the front office really likes Mason Kinsey cause he'll do everything. He'll do everything and anything that you let him do. Um, and, and so that's perfect to keep him on the practice squad to his credit. Uh, that's absolutely. So I think Terry Godwin is somebody who they also like. So I think it could come down to those two. Now, outside, it's different, right? Outside receivers for the Titans are built a little differently, even though you may see Traylon Burks taking slot snaps or Robert Woods in the slot. Like, their outside receivers typically have a, a different kind of prototype. Longer um, uh, longer wide receivers with great – and really, this is becoming the prototype in the NFL. Longer wide receivers that run blocks specifically in this offense, though. I think that's the thing. Jeff Sawyer says Godwin had a good game against the Ravens. Yeah, but like, again, this is why preseason, I have no idea what they're looking for in preseason games without being in their meeting rooms. Like I know generally, and I know what, and I know what they tell us after the fact, and that's all well and good. That may be a portion of it, but I don't know if, if Terry Godwin is playing a lot of snaps in the preseason game because they are on the fence about cutting him, but they want to, you know, play him a bunch of snaps to see what he, what else he can do beyond what they think he can do. I don't know if something like Kyle Phillips playing three offensive snaps means that, yeah, it's not worth putting him out there because he's already earned the job or it's just, okay, let's get a look at the other guys, right? I think there's so many different things that you could look at. I think that the returning jobs, both kickoff and punt return, Phillips would probably have punt return. I think it is between Godwin and Trenton Cannon 
on kick return right now, though Trenton Cannon did start the preseason game as their opening kick returner. I know a couple of different guys got looks, including Racy, by the way, which is uh, which is pretty interesting. But uh, with all that being said, I think that you know I think that those kind of fringe roster spot guys come down to the wire, and then you know if you can keep them on the practice squad, great. If not, then uh, then you have to decide whether you want to protect them on the practice squad and. I know, I know, depending on who it is, like if you cut Logan Woodside and you put him on the practice squad, but you don't want somebody else to scoop him because you may need him, protected. If you cut Ryan Stonehouse because Brett Kern is towards the end of his career, but you don't want to let this guy get snatched because anybody that averages 60 yards a punt is going to get picked up in the NFL. You protect him. Um, the uh, I think that the situation for this is that you look at you look at what 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 can they cut and save? What can they cut and stash? Which the practice squad has made such a more efficient process, and consequently providing more jobs for NFL players, um, just by the nature of the expanded practice squad. And I think those are the kind of decisions that have to be made about guys like Kinsey, Fitzpatrick, Godwin, and on on and on that kind of goes. Austin Stanley of The Morning Show is in here. Lovely to see you, bud. Uh, he says, Hilliard at kick return two for the actual job. I um, I have been told that if it was a choice between Cannon and Hilliard, it would be Cannon. So Hilliard, I don't think, like, I think he can do it. Like, I think it's a function of him being, like, if they have to throw him out there, it's it's not like he can't do it, but I don't think for the actual job, I don't think that, that that would be their preference or based on what I've been told, it doesn't sound like that would be their preference. But it doesn't mean that he can't provide that functionality as well, right? It's as the more you can do across across the roster unless you're Derrick Henry, Jeff Simmons, or you know one of these guys who you've got one job, do your job, and we'll figure out the rest around you, that kind of stuff. Uh, okay, let's move on and let's talk about, uh, well, what's the Gone Viral video tonight? The Gone Viral video tonight is having to do with cats versus dogs. Now, producer Reed has written the question as why does Buck like cats more than dogs? Um, and that's factually accurate. I, I, I don't dislike dogs. I'm just not an overwhelming fan of dogs. And I do have two cats, uh, at least one of which is sitting in the office with me right now so i don't know necessarily what the gone viral video holds but the question is why would somebody uh, if you want to make it about me you can given that that's the way the question is written but why would somebody like cats more than dogs let me know in the comment section on facebook youtube twitter and twitch we'll talk about it together on this tuesday night right after i tell you about our friends who can get you the intel edge we're talking all kinds of roster intel tonight if you want the intel in real estate, Gary Ashton is where you go. The Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage will get you the intel edge you need to succeed so you can sell your home without any showings or staging. So you can sell uh so you can find your next home while you sell your current one in this red hot Nashville real estate market. So you can cash in on your home equity and win the buyer battle right now. You can let everybody else screw around looking for the same properties and with the same information while you take the smarter path. You get the Intel Edge at GaryAshton.com. The official real estate agent of the Nashville Predators and A to Z Sports Prime Time is the Ashton Real Estate Team. So 
Why would somebody like cats more than dogs? Derek Othello West correctly says because you're Egyptian. That's correct. They are, uh, you know, they're they're kind of deities. You know, you guys know I go back and uh, forth to Egypt where my dad's side of the family lives from time to time. And every once in a while, I bring back some cool stuff uh, that you can only get in that part of the world. For example, my, and I don't know what kind of stone it's made out of. I should know this by now. I've had it long enough. I think it may be bronze that started to oxidize a little bit, which is giving it a greenish blue hue. But yeah, you're right. Cats are uh, deities in ancient Egyptian culture. This is a little, uh, this is a little cat uh, statue that I brought back from my last, well, no, not my last trip, but a couple of trips ago um, of a cat because I've got my cat. I've got my Sphinx, which is also, well, this is actually King Tut, but there is a Sphinx with the body of a cat. It's more specifically a lion. So yeah, cat's cat's a big deal in my, uh, in my culture for sure. But as far as what the gone viral video is, you know, I think, uh, I think the dogs also have some very cat-like qualities depending on which dog you get. A lot of people ask me, uh, after a long day of voiceover or writing or doing all those creative things that I do, um, how do I relax? Well, like many other Americans, uh, I come home and I, I pet my dog. You see, petting your dog is one of the most relaxing things you can possibly do. It releases a hormone called oxytocin, which reduces stress. Also, it lowers your heart rate and it lowers your blood pressure. That's basically what it looks like when you try to pet a cat. Uh, I don't know that mine is going to cooperate. It's not like, uh, well, she, Frankie, Frankie, the, uh, the girl is sleeping right now. I don't know where Leo is. He's probably out here, you know, eating something that he's not supposed to eat. Uh, the, uh, <laughs> um, lost 12 tribes says Egyptians are black. You're not Egyptian. Well, I don't think that's an accurate assessment. Um, but you know, I, I'm not, it's not like I'm going to turn my 23 and me over to you. It's just by, just by nature of the amount of body hair that I have, you could tell that I'm not exactly your, uh, your average, your average Caucasian. Uh, but I am mixed, um, Egyptian on my dad's side, Egyptian and Turkish on my dad's side and Irish and German on my mom's side. Um, but yeah, no, Egyptians aren't, aren't a certain color. Like, it's just like when you go to any other part of the world, like there are black people and white people in every part of the world. Uh, it doesn't mean that they're, you know, that Egyptians are all one color. In fact, my dad who lived over there for the vast majority of life is lighter complected than me, which would not theoretically make sense given how much more time that they spend in the sun. Anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, body hair says Derek. Yeah, maybe TMI. I'm like, just listen, I'm just saying like, it's not just the beard. It, it happens. I think that's uh, not that body hair would be a credential, but I think I think in my family that and I got a great head of hair, jet black uh, and a great head of hair. I think that um, that is where the genetics on that side of the family come in. And my dad had his hair uh, up until he uh, up until he passed a couple of years ago, which is swell. We love to see it. Um, so I would uh, I'm banking on those good Egyptian genes to make sure that I can uh, continue to have least a little something up top unlike the rest of my titans media colleagues who go balder and balder by the day anyway uh why does uh why do why do i like cats more than dogs they're just easier you know that's really 
that and like dogs, uh, dogs, dogs are just all up in your stuff all the time. And I really don't, I really don't want to deal with that. And like, you don't have to, you don't, I mean, to, you don't have to like regularly bathe cats. In fact, it's probably frowned upon significantly to regularly bathe cats that clean themselves. They don't smell. Um, as long as you're diligent about the litter box, like there's really not a downside to have, I mean, unless you're allergic, there's really not a downside to having a cat. I travel a lot for work. I get an automatic feeder. The cats are happier when I'm not here because they basically take over their house. It's it's basically their house anyway. So, you know, they're super low key, um, which is real easy. And less responsibility is a, uh, is a thumbs up for me. I got enough responsibility in life. Anyway, that's going to do it for us this evening. We appreciate you guys hanging out. As always, radio show tomorrow live at Titans training camp. We'll be doing it from 10 to 1. We're going to talk to a variety of different people who are going to be out there between the Bucks and the Titans. Roger McCreary is going to sit down with us at like 11 o'clock after practice wraps up. So make sure that you're keeping an eye out for that. Whether you want to live stream the radio show on 104.5 The Zones YouTube and Facebook and Twitter channels or to listen on FM radio or the podcast after the fact. That's how it goes. Dave Samsel says the white hair will start coming soon. Yeah, I have one white hair. I don't know if you guys can see it. This one white hair in my beard, it's really, really disconcerting for me. I don't know how much closer I want to get to the camera. You see this mother bleeper? This guy right here. It's the only white hair. Well, actually, that's not true. I'm getting some, I'm getting some whites on my sides. Um, but you know, like, I mean, I guess I could pluck it, but it's just gonna come back. Like, I'm just kind of resigned to the fact that at some point there are gonna be gray hairs. Um, and they're gonna be super noticeable because the rest of my hair and my eyebrows and my beard and um hell even my eyes it's just all jet black so anything that shows any remote part of color is going to pop through like this godforsaken hair right here just pluck it out says karen okay eh, just you know i mean for it's going to come back that's what i'm saying it's just going to end up coming back all right it's going to do it for us tonight radio show tomorrow at 10 a.m 10 to 1 if i don't catch you on radio we will uh, we'll do an episode of the install after Bucks Titans practice with Greg Cosell and certainly a primetime show after that at 8 p.m. Central Time. See you guys.